This is the Author Biz Podcast with Stephen Campbell, session number 10. Welcome to the Author Biz Podcast. I'm Stephen Campbell, and each week I'll bring you interviews, information, and insights focused on the business of being an author. You can find the episode show notes, links to everything mentioned in the show, and lots more information at theauthorbiz.com. Greetings and welcome to The Author Biz, the Monday podcast focused on delivering actionable information to help you run your business as an author. I'm extremely happy that you're listening today because our show is packed with great information. My guest is author Mark Dawson, who had two books published by Macmillan a decade or so ago and found the entire process to be so unsatisfactory that he walked away from writing altogether for several years until he saw that a friend had successfully self-published something digitally through Amazon. Mark decided to give writing another try, and his experience over the past couple of years has been nothing short of amazing. Last week, he published Sword of God, the fifth book in his John Milton series, and the launch, which was his fifth book launch this year, has been a smashing success, launching at the top of several category lists within Amazon and in the top 500 for the Amazon paid sales list. As you'll learn in this interview, his goal for each launch is to get the attention of the Amazon algorithms. The main goal of of any launch, and I think I've kind of got to the stage now where I'm able to do this, is to basically make Amazon pay attention to you. That's got to be your goal because when, you know, I'm I'm pretty good at marketing, but I'm I'm not in the same ballpark as, as Amazon. This is an information-packed episode, and Mark shares a great deal of information about his prolific writing style, his books, and most importantly, he describes his book launch process and the specific tools he uses to build momentum for those new books. One of the big reasons I asked Mark to be a guest on the show was to describe how he generates new signups to his email list and how that rapidly growing list provides the fuel for his increasingly successful book launches including his first two audiobooks, which were produced within the last couple of months through Amazon ACX. Oh, and one other thing you'll learn about Mark. He's released nine novels and a few short stories in just the last 15 months, all while working a full-time job and raising a young family. It's an amazing interview, and I hope you enjoy it. You'll be able to find links to Mark's website, his Amazon sales page, his Facebook page, and everything else we mentioned in the interview at theauthorbiz.com slash session 10, and that's the number 10. Now let's get right to the interview. Today I'm joined by Mark Dawson. Mark's a Brit, and he's worked as a DJ, a factory hand, and a club promoter. He's trained as a lawyer and worked for 10 years in London and Soho. Mark is currently working in the London film industry and writing some really great crime fiction. Mark, welcome. Hi, Stephen. Good to be here. You just released a book last week, uh, the fifth book in your John Milton series, and I've been kind of following along on Facebook, and I'm a member of your email list as well, and I've seen some of the promotion stuff you've done. It looks like the release went extremely well. Yeah, I've had, uh, I think it's the fifth novel I've released this year, and each one has been progressively more effective than the last. And this one, this last one has just been um, fantastic, really, really effective. You you must have a process if you've done five this year. Yeah, I do. I've been kind of, um, I suppose it's always, a, it's kind of a work in progress, so gradually refining it and changing it 
um, as I find which things work and which things don't work. So um, it's pretty good now. Um, I mean, I've practiced it lots of times, um, and I think I know pretty much what I'm doing. Um, it's based mostly on my mailing list, so we can get onto that a, bit, a little bit later, the, the kind of um, interaction I have with my readers. Um, through that, it's it's also I'm I'm starting to add in uh, Facebook. I'm making a, a concerted effort this uh, the last couple of months to build my presence on Facebook, and that's going quite well. Um, and the, the kind of the main uh, the main goal of of any launch, and I think I've kind of got to the stage now where I'm able to do this, is to basically make Amazon pay attention to you. Um, and I've, um, I've and I've been kind of tracking the data and and, and checking to see how things are uh, working. And I can kind of see now where um, Amazon, the algorithms, take note of a book that's selling well. And at that point, Amazon starts to do the marketing for you. That's got to be your goal because when you know I'm I'm pretty good at marketing, but I'm I'm not in the same ballpark as as Amazon. So when you start to be populated on also boards. Um, in in some of the other ways they present your your books to to potential readers and also things like direct mail that kind of stuff it's that's the that's got to be the goal um, and that's been the focus of of all my uh, launches this year and it seems like it's you know it, each one has worked um, this last one has worked very well um, the, the the three previous to this were um, three novels in a, uh, a trilogy about a character called Beatrix Rose. Um, and each of them launched within the top 2,000. Anything up to about 2,000, 1,000 is doing very well. Um, they all launched about 1,500. Um, this new one, the new Milton book, went in at about number 500, which was um, you know, more than I expected, and it's been very good. And I think all of the Beatrix, Beatrix Rose books, at least as of this morning, were still around 1,500. So you've got a lot of books in the top 2,000. Yeah, well, this is um, – you might not know this, Stephen, but the um, – I had a, the reason I might sound slightly knackered at the moment is because I've had a ridiculously busy week. Uh, apart from you know the, the other things, you know, full time job and all that kind of nonsense, um, I I stupidly decided that it would be great to launch a book on Monday and also have a book bub promotion. I on, thought I um, saw a book bub for you <laughs> later yeah, in the week, it, and I thought, nah, it can't, it, this can't be right. Yeah, it wasn't just a book bar promotion. I also decided it would be hilariously uh, – it would be great to really load my plate. And um, I, I had countdown deals on all three books in the Beatrix Rose series with a, with a book bar on the first one. Um, and then consecutively had uh, the – or concurrently had the uh, books two and book three on 99 cent countdown deals. So it was it was stupid. It was – also on top of that, I – I mean, book bubs amazing. Um, you know, everyone knows that they are the by a country mile the most effective way to promote your books, apart from getting Amazon to do it for you. Um, and I've had a few before, but this one I decided I'd really try and um, really try and promote it very very hard up to the book bub. So I booked um, ads with pretty much all the all the best sites. Um, so Booksends, um, Bargain Booksy, uh, Kindle Books and Tips. Now ENT. you're talking about the the fifth book in the Milton series now. No, this this is the this is the um, the first book in the Rose series. So okay, this is okay. the, the kind of the I don't know. I call it like an accelerated book bub promotion. So the, okay. my goal was to get that book um, very high before the book bub ad went on Tuesday. Okay. And so by by the time so I basically I stacked up loads and loads of promotion. Um, and also there's a kind of re- residual promotion effect of being on a countdown deal, which I I, I don't have anticipated. 
Um, so by the time the BookBub ad went on Tuesday, I think we were round about 1,200, 1,000. Um, the BookBub ad took it all the way up to 61. Wow. Which was, that's the highest I've been um, with any of my books before, I think. I don't think I've been as high as that. Um, but it was it was fantastic. I mean, Tuesday, you know, basically frantically bashing F five every five minutes just to see where where we've gone. So it was yeah, number sixty one. I was the second highest. My author rank was stupendous. It was number two uh, for action and adventure ahead of you know Dan Brown, Clive Kessler, all these guys. Which was you know, you imagine I took quite a lot of screen caps um, <laughs> to, <laughs> for, for posterity's sake. Um, and yeah, that, that, that it's the, the effect was as I hoped it might be. So it, it, the first one dragged two and three with it. So um, I think number number one is currently about five or six hundred, and that's coming up to five days after the ad. And yeah, as, as you said, two and three are fifteen hundred, fourteen hundred, something like that. And and at the same time, the Milton book is about you know nine hundred, a thousand, something like that. So it's been you know an, an amazing week. Really, you know, profit, profitable in terms of um, um, sales made, um, downloads, you know, through the roof. Just been great. Now, let's take a step back for people who might not be familiar with you. As as I mentioned in the intro, you write crime fiction. You also have a noir series. Um, you actually were traditionally published a decade or so ago, right? Yeah, correct. Um, so, two thousand, two thousand one. My first book was called The Art of Falling Apart. Um, that was published in the UK and, weirdly enough, in Russia um, by, <laughs> um, by Macmillan in the UK. So, you know, Big Five publisher, mm-hmm. um, which was great. Got a nice advance. Um, then the second one came out. The first one didn't do very much. The second one came out. It was called Subpoena Collada. Um, so I was a lawyer, so it kind of drew on my legal background. Um, Again, nice advance, um, but not nice enough because one thing I discovered is unless you're given a kind of a six-figure advance by uh, a publisher, this is certainly the case in those days, it's probably the the case today, um, they won't do any kind of promotion um, to to get the book in front of readers. So the... This is not uh, this is not um, exaggerating. The the extent of the promotion was to give me uh, two boxes of books and basically to go, you know, they said, like, knock yourself out, do what you can. Um which wasn't really the kind of deal I thought I was getting into. So I did my best. I, you know, I, I got loads of decent reviews, um, that kind of stuff. But those books, they sank. Uh, they didn't do anything. Um, and the whole kind of thing just jaded me to the, um, to the process. And I kind of, I didn't stop writing, but I stopped writing really seriously. Um, my editor moved on. My agent and I parted ways. And I kind of I stopped writing for, I must have been five years um, then I don't know five or six years whatever it was um, a bit after, after that a friend of mine uh, had just published a novel and he put it onto Kindle um, so I, I read it it wasn't great but he was selling okay so I kind of thought that this is a you know that's a sign I should really pull my finger out and, and write something else so I spent a couple of years writing my first self-published novel which was uh, the first one in the noir series that you mentioned mm-hmm. called the, the Black Mile Um I put that up. I, the dates are a bit fuzzy. It would have been—I don't know. I'm kind of—I'm going to say something like May two years ago, something like that. Um, and I just put it up. Didn't do anything. I, I, you know, had a pretty decent cover. A friend of mine's a good artist. He, he did a good cover for me. Um, I didn't even proofread it properly. I thought I could do that myself. Big mistake. Um, anyway, put it up and, and left it. We got around 
coming up to like October two years ago, I decided look, I should try and maybe do some of this um, promotion. So it was in Select. I, I did the five day um, freebie period, and I remember this really clearly. I, it was a summer. It was like August or September, and I live in the countryside in in England. And I'd gone out for a, a, a ride on my mountain bike. There's some nice trails in the forest, not too far from here. And I kind of sat down with my back against a lovely oak tree watching the farmer harvest the fields. And I just got my phone out and I thought, I'll just check and see how, how this book is doing. And I think I'd kind of, I think I've gone for a free booksy promotion, which was the only thing I'd done to, to give me any juice. And I remember taking my phone out and looking at my sales on the, on the dashboard. And I'd, I'd downloaded like 60,000 downloads. Um, and I was like, what the, I just couldn't believe it. It was, it was a real light bulb moment. And I was thinking, um, hey, maybe this, there is something in this. I should, I have to look into this a bit more seriously. So it was, it was kind of at the end of the, uh, you know, the gold rush period. So free, free, free uh, downloads didn't equate to sales. So the, the, the kind of the paid tail after the promo was, was slight and certainly not, not what it was maybe two or three years ago. But nevertheless, I knew that my book had now got into the hands of a really good number of readers all around the world. So that gave me the, the juice to, to um, write a follow-up to that book, which was called The Imposter. Um, at the same time, I got another agent, um, a really good, I know, a big uh, firm of agents in London who were very enthused about the book. They tried to ship it around to um, you know, traditional publishers who, you know, I got lots of very nice rejections, kind of like, um, yeah, we, we love the writing, but it's not quite right. All, all this kind of stuff. I mean, you know, by that stage, I didn't really care anymore because I, I wasn't that bothered by um, putting it out traditionally. I, I kind of, I'd, I'd seen that this was, you know, putting it out on, on Kindle was, that was the way of the future. So I, I started to concentrate on that. I did this, you know, as much learning as I could, started to kind of go to keyboards quite a lot, uh, read lots of books. Yeah, back in those days, John Locke was still quite popular before everyone knew that he bought like a gazillion reviews, all, all that kind of stuff. So I, I taught myself as much as I could, and then um, about I'm going to say May or June last year, I started. The problem with the the noir books they're set in 1940s London, and I'm really really um, fastidious about authenticity. So language has to be right. Um, the geography has to be right. It was set during the Blitz, so I needed. If if I said a a bomb landed on a street, the, the bomb had to land on that street, and I had to know which house had been demolished. So, yeah, that's just it's a bit anal of me, but that's that's kind of how I am. The, the downside to that is it takes a long time to write books like that. So the Black Mile took two years, and the follow up took I don't know maybe six months, something like that. Um, okay, now let, let's stop here and just yep. kind of draw a timeline because I can see where you're going with this. So this is 15 months ago, and uh, yeah. 15 months ago you decided to shift from writing these historical noir novels to something new. So go ahead. Yeah. So I I don't I can't remember exactly where I got the idea from, but I the kind of the the thing that coalesced in my mind was I'd like to write a story about kind of James Bond. If James Bond was an alcoholic, which as someone said to me the other day, James Bond is an alcoholic. Fair, <laughs> fair, fair point. If he was an alcoholic, he was um, fed up, jaded with working for um, the government and wanted to get out. But the, the, the problem would be for this character was that the kind of um, work he was involved in is not the kind of thing where you can leave. Um, so he, he's an assassin. This is John Milton. Um, He's an assassin working for a kind of a um, off the books um, black ops squad working for MI5 and MI6. And the first book, which was called The Cleaner, 
and tells the tale of him trying to leave um, his employment and he and, and to try and to start to atone for the things that he's done. He's got lots of guilt. That's the reason for you know for his heavy drinking. Uh, and he wants to start putting things right. So it sets um, in London during uh, the summer riots of a couple of years ago. Um, we had lots of um, you know a, a fairly serious week of um, rioting in an area of London I used to live in in, in you know, a place called Dalston in East London. Mm-hmm. So I set it there, and the, the kind of the idea was: what would it be like to take a, a, a character that the the reader knows is absolutely lethal, ab, you know, completely dangerous, you know, extremely uh, proficient with weapons and, you know, martial arts and all that all that kind of stuff, and to drop him into a situation that is completely outside his comfort zone, so you're kind of immediately putting him into a position of conflict, but also um, the bad guys don't know what they're dealing with. The reader knows exactly what he's capable of, but the bad guys don't, so all they see is like a 40-year-old white guy, um, not particularly physically imposing, so kind of the anti-Jack Reacher, not not six foot six and all that, but you know, normal, normal size, normal looking guy, um, but you know, completely dangerous. Um, and so that was a fun kind of setup for me. And uh, I, I must have written that in I don't know three or four months, something like that. So as opposed um, to two years with the the noir, the historical fiction. Yeah, yeah, and as as we'll we'll get on to, that was four months would be very slow for me these days. So, yes. um, I, but, but I took a bit of time over that one. Um, sent it to my agent. Um, they they copy edited it and, and gave me kind of a structural edit, which was you know I'm lucky the guys I'm the, the agency I'm working with are fantastic, and you know they they gave me a really good um, structural edit. I made some changes. Um, they sent it out to publishers at the same time that I self-published it. I didn't have a mailing list and I still really didn't know my arse from my elbow when it came to promotion. Um, I just kind of thought I'll, I'll try a few things and see, see what happens. So I would have, I would have put it into, into select um, and I would have started to do free days. I probably would have done free booksy stuff. I think I did. Um, I, that, that was certainly the uh, promotion stuff that I used at the, at the start. Um, and it started to do okay started to do quite well enough certainly for me to start to write the sequel so that that was uh, that's a book called saint death so milton at the end of book one ends up um on the run and he he surfaces again in saint death in in juarez in mexico um on the border um with texas um and he gets involved with the the cartels so again I, I wanted to find um you know bad guys to give him a run for his money but at the same time you know the kind of bad guys who would think that they were impervious to um external threats but you know what they don't know is that they, they've got the most the most dangerous fugitive in the world who's just popped up in their city and 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 starts to put his nose in their affairs so he gets involved with someone who needs his help um and the kind of the way he was developing at that stage is he's kind of like a ronin so doesn't have a master has lots of things that he feels he has to atone for so he, he wants to start to help people so he finds this this journalist who has got involved with the the cartels and they they want this this girl dead Milton starts starts to protect her and and then at the end goes on the offensive and that that would have taken me I'm guessing six weeks or two months to write so it's so again getting faster mm-hmm. um, and would have come out towards the end of uh, what was this I don't know the start of the third quarter of last year. Okay, um, so say October. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, say uh, it, July if it was started the third quarter. But perhaps a bit later. Then maybe I can I can probably send you an email with the exact date. You can stick that in the show notes. But it's something like that. Um, you know, September, something like that. And mm-hmm. 
So I put it up, um, and again, I think by that, that stage I'd probably started to think, mainly this, probably quite a good idea, um, but not really doing anything proactive to develop it. So all it would have been would have been a, a call to action in the back of the book saying, if you know, if you like this, sign up, and I'll tell you when the next one's out. No freebies, nothing sophisticated, nothing mm-hmm. like I do, to, do today. Um, so it started to do quite well, and, and the first one was selling, the second one was selling. I'm thinking, okay, people like this character. Reviews started to come in. They were generally pretty good. Um, I, I always have been you know, pretty strong. So I thought, okay, I'll write the next one. So this, the next one is called The Driver, and that was set in San Francisco. So he goes over the border, ends up in San Francisco. Um, and he kind of he's, he, the, the thing is he's, he wants a normal life but of course people like him don't have normal lives and he gets involved in more trouble um, uh, and resolves the, the situation goes on the run again um, and so that would have been The Driver was published in December I'm pretty sure it's December um, and okay, that, so that's again, three books between May and the end of the year Mm-hmm. And see, this is because you're like Russell Blake, and you live in Mexico, and you write twelve mm-hmm. hours a day on a st- at a stand-up desk, and you have no family, right? No, no, I'm, Russell has it easy. Um, I've, <laughs> <laughs> I can. He he is kind of like my analog. That that would be. I mean, I'm, he's obviously ahead of me in terms of how long he's been doing it for, and more, and the, the books he's got. But um, he he and I probably share kind of a similar work ethic, um, and I think. When I when I get down to it properly next year, I'll be able to I'll match him and, and probably beat him in terms of and how how quickly I can write. But yeah, I I, I work full time. And you London. have you have a family? I've got two kids, both under one's one and a one's two and a half, one's six months. Um, and I I live uh, I live in a, in a town called Salisbury. Um, so most of your listeners will know that because it's close to Stonehenge. Um, in the southwest of England, and uh, my job's in in the middle of in London in Soho. So I have to get a train every morning. Um, I've got a three-hour commute every day, um, which people might think, well, how on earth does he does he write that much in that time? But the the trick is actually that commute. I have three hours of time every day, guaranteed, with my laptop, with some noise cancelling headphones, um, and nothing else to do. Deliberately, nothing else to do. So that that is absolutely golden writing time for me. Um, and that, that's when I do it. So, uh, but it's, it is hard work. There's no question about it. And you know, I I'm pretty tired. Coming to the end of the year, um, we'll touch on this one. I've, I've written another uh, six novels this year, um, and two or maybe even three novellas. And that's that's with the full time job and with you know, you know, promoting. I'm working on a business now that makes several times more than I, I make in my full-time job. And, and um, everything, you, everything you do now, I, I was not following you when you first got started, but I've been following you for the last several months, and everything that you do is really first-rate. I mean, your website is spectacular. Your covers are amazing. Your books are great. Um, and it, it's one after another after another. So you're obviously putting – it's not just that you're sitting on the train and writing and then you go home and you're dad and <laughs> and that's all you do. Those two things, you're, you're putting a lot of time into the promotion and uh, building the email list and things like that. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bit of that. I mean I think that you have to – the kind of the given is you have to be able to write very well um, to, to be successful. And I, you know, I don't want to – to my home too much, but I'm a, I think I'm a decent enough writer. Um, after that, it's a question of uh, 
working with the you have to make it you have to assemble a team that can help you um, and I've been really lucky with those things you mentioned um, I, I used to have a movie blog and I don't anymore because um, <laughs> there really is now in the day to, to add that as well but I met um, a really really good um, designer with an art background a website designer with an art background um, and he he did the website for the movie blog and he also did me the uh, the website for, for you know uh, markjdawson.com which is it is great I and mean, I'm very very lucky to have it it's one of the best I've seen and that's you know I'm biased obviously but it's you know, it's, it's a very strong website I agree and it's it, one of the best I've seen and I, I've been there probably 20 times and today was the first time I ever moused over the covers and saw that they changed color I didn't I didn't even realize that I just thought you yeah, had this yeah. real noirish black and white theme to it yeah no, it's, that's true it's, it's not something that's completely obvious and I'm we're doing some work on the website to change changing things around but it is it's I'm very lucky I, I'm I'm hopeless with that kind of stuff so and I'm a terrible designer so I knew there was absolutely no point in me um, I could have got a WordPress WordPress blog which is fine I had one before um mm-hmm. For the movie blog, and it's a very acceptable um, first step for someone who's just starting as a writer. And it would have been what I I would have done if I didn't know this guy. But the fact is, I I do know him, and he charged me five hundred quid for for, you know for website, which is probably worth ten thousand dollars or something, something like that. There's a lot of work in there, and he's just very fastidious. He's every image has to be as as good as it can be, Um, and he doesn't like me fiddling around it too much. So I basically leave most of it to him. So very lucky with that, and and covers too. I've really lucked out with um, with that. It's um, I I can't say who he is because uh, I he, I don't know that he would want me to out him because his his day job is he's a very senior designer for one of the big five publishers in in London. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he does this as kind of he you know, on the side for me. It's, I'm sure it's fine, but I would I'd have to check with him whether he wanted me to kind of you know name him, but. Um, yeah, he's he's amazing. I, I got I put up a um, I put a fairly detailed um, post up on Cables last week about how to launch books, uh, what I do to launch books, and um, got lots of traffic. And one of you know I got lots of people saying because my 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 covers are all linked in the signature. Now a lot of people saying like um, sending me private messages asking me who he was and you know, could I hook them up and 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 Hugh Harry was one of them, um, which I thought was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, because he uses Jason Gurley, who's completely amazing as well. So yes, he is. Um, so that was yeah. Again, very very lucky with him, and and he charges me 125 quid for a cover, so 200 bucks, which is absolutely wow. ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Um, I, I'm very lucky. Yeah, all I can say, you know, I've, I've lucked out with with both of those guys. Um, yeah, covers especially. That covers are critical. Um, everyone knows that, but there's I, I I've got no. I'm, I'm terrible with Photoshop. My covers would probably be MS Paint. Ab- absolutely <laughs> diabolical. I, I knew immediately there was no point in me trying to um, mess around with that. So I, I, I'm very happy to pay him what, what in fact, you know, is really a very small amount for the quality of work that he does. Well, let's I'll say, so we're at the end of 2013 now. You have three Milton books out. Um, mm-hmm. you're, you're starting to think about your email list. And at some point during that time, you develop this process within your email list to, to really start funneling people into it, to encourage people. To, you've got lead magnets and things now to get people to sign up. Um, you even mention it on your author page at, uh, at Amazon. Sign up and I'll send you a free book. 
Yeah, I've been working on that. So in in the early days, I would have said, like, sign up and you'll get a copy of the Black Mile, which that's so that's my first book. By that stage, it's probably had 200 reviews, like a 4.2, 4.3 average, pretty strong book, um, which is still selling, you know, today. That's one of the beauties of um, of of the way that we're publishing now is that there's no such thing as out of print that that book still makes me 20 quid a day probably which is is great um mm-hmm. but I, was, I i thought that it's it's more important now to i don't mind sacrificing a few sales in order to to start getting some signups so i started to look at the places where i could tell people where i could uh, where they could um get that free stuff from me so um yeah as you say on the author page um i do that um at the back of the book, in, in the early days, this was about the extent of it, um, I, I had a, a little call to action that said, look, if you like this, then um, sign up for the next book and um, I'll send you a copy of The Black Mile. Now, in, in those days, um, I was using MailChimp and I still use MailChimp um, and I hadn't sprung for the uh, the kind of the paid option. So I, I was below 2,000 um, subscribers and mm-hmm. I thought, look, I can do this myself, save some money, um, I'll just do it myself. And, you know, maybe I'd get two or three or four people signing up a day, but I had to send every, each of them. I sent an individual email, so it was basically going to cutting and pasting, kind of some text, dropping it in, saying "Welcome to the list. Here we go. Here's your free book." Finding the book on the hard drive, um, attaching it to the email, and sending it. Not very long if you're doing one of those, uh, but you're doing four or five. It adds up, and it started to get irritating um, for me because yeah, it was it was stupid. So. We you know, push on a bit, and I, I, I started to think that let's let's automate as much of this as possible. So I sprang for the uh, the, the paid option, which maybe cost me twenty dollars a month, something like twenty pounds a month. And with the paid option, you get the autoresponder, so you yeah. can you can uh, outsource yourself then. Yeah, exactly. And it's I mean, Mailchimp the last month or so, I think, uh, has kind of changed autoresponders to what they now call automation um, and it is it's light and day from what it was before so I had I don't have one mailing list I've got multiple mailing lists you probably wouldn't know this from just being on the list but I've got lists that are dependent on the book on the book that you read when you signed up so if you if you signed up with the cleaner you'll come onto my cleaner list so I, it's good for me to know that because I, I can then start to market you books I think that you'll like if I didn't know where you came in I could market you a book that you already had uh, I could market you a book in a series that you had no interest in so if you're on the cleaner list you'll get an automatic you, you'll get I think I've got a series of five emails um, that, that shoot out depending on where you are for the cleaner uh, the the first one you'll get is um, here's your free stuff and I've, I've amended that offer we can talk about that in a minute. What what I give away now? Um, the the second one is like, a, did you? I want to check that you got that okay because some people have trouble with side loading. It's not not always the easiest thing to do. So if people have trouble, then I, I you know I'll, I'll get involved and I'll make sure that they know how to side load a mobile file or an EPUB onto their onto their reader. Um, and then the the third and the fourth one might be um, if you liked it'd be something like if you like the um, John Milton book if you like the cleaner then you'll you'll really like to follow his uh, adventures in Saint Death or or the driver so it's more granular you can't do that unless you you, you subdivide your lists in that way and that's now, been quite effective. How do you know? And and let's say this is me. How do you know I I came on through the cleaner list? Is it from just because I came on through the end of the book or some other way? Yeah, that's that's a good point. If if you've come in um, through it, all, 
each book has its own um, has its own Mailchimp list, so it has it has a unique um, sign up page that's it, that's specific to that book. So if you've come in through a call to action in the books, I know where you've come from. Okay. If you if you've come in through uh, like on the Amazon page, my website, Facebook, somewhere else, then I don't necessarily know. Uh, where you've come from, it, it might just be you, you. You know, you just fancy a free book, which is completely fine. But I, I, I can't, um, I can't target you properly because I don't. I just don't have that information. So you get, you'd go into a kind of a general list. Okay. So I think probably I've got I don't know six or seven different lists now. I started doing this um, with uh, the the first of the Beatrix Rose books earlier this year, and then I've kind of gone back and retrofitted. The other ones, so that I've, I've got that information going forward. Okay, you mentioned Beatrix Rose. I think we mentioned her earlier. Let's let's jump in and uh, tell us where she came in in the Milton series, and then the, how how you spun her out. Yeah, sure. So the the book we haven't spoken about in the Milton series was one I published in January this year, which is called Ghosts. So that was this was the this was probably. It's really, without going into figures in too much detail, I was doing pretty well in December, pretty well in January, pretty well in February. But March, my um, revenue literally tripled. Um, I still don't know exactly exactly what happened. I think I just kind of maybe reached critical mass and I had you know enough people who were interested in my stuff that they bought Ghosts and they bought the first Rose book to the extent that Amazon really, really started to market for me. Um, I can't really explain it any better than that, but... Um, yeah, ghosts out in in January. So it was it was the first kind of it's the most international uh, of of the books. It's set uh, in Texas, Moscow, um, north of Moscow, Hong Kong, all over the place. And it's it is kind of a Bond. It's a kind of a dirty Bond film. So you've got Milton going around and taking out bad guys, but it's it's you know more gritty than Bond. But it has that kind of international aspect, which is, has been very successful. Um, but and Rose Beatrice Rose is one of the characters in um, in that book. She's you know another assassin from the same organization that Milton was a part of, but predates him by ten years. Um, in fact, was was her, was his instructor on his first mission for um, for the group. Um, she is she's double crossed by her boss and ends up going into hiding in Hong Kong for ten years. Her husband's been killed and her daughter's been abducted. She becomes an opium addict, uh, just to, you know, to cope with uh, the the pain of not being able to do anything about her daughter because she knows that you know, the bad guys have her. So they've got you know, leverage over her. Um, Milton gets involved and the daughter's returned. Um, and the without giving away what happens at the end of the book, she basically becomes able to take action for the to right the wrongs that have been done to her so it's a reasonably open ending i mean the, the main the main narrative arc of the novel is closed but she is kind of um left um in the wind a bit and i and i just i couldn't get her out of my head i, I knew that there was a really good story to tell there and I, I wanted to tell it so my initial uh thought was i wanted to write three uh short twenty thousand word novellas about her um there's, there's six people on her hit list that she has to scrub off 
and the, the kind of the, the the template was Tarantino's Kill Bill. That was the the film that inspired uh, the idea I had for this. So there's six names that she has to eliminate, um, and I was going to tell you know, maybe two every two every book, and each book would be you know would be quite short, with the intention that at the end I would uh, combine those into a sixty thousand words box set. So we, that would give me four new Amazon products. So that's you know that's a good thing in itself, is to get as many um, landing pages on Amazon as you can get. So I started writing that in uh, March, I think the first one, um, and quickly discovered that it, it wasn't going to be a twenty thousand word novel. It was there was much more to tell. The tell was more um, compelling than I thought it was, and it, it was you know fifty five thousand words. The first one um, probably took me six weeks to write that. Um, Second one again, fifty fifty five thousand. Again, another six weeks. I think I pu- must have published the last um, Rose book. Again, fifty five thousand words. Um, I'm going to say probably published that in June, that would, or June or, or maybe July, something like that. So those books went out. Um, I then did the box set, put those together, sort of as a hundred and fifty thousand word, you know, chunky novel, um, and put them out, and and they started to sell like crazy. Um, okay, let me let me stop you here and ask ask a few questions. Um, you mm. you said you're writing these fifty five thousand word novels mm-hmm. in six weeks. Is that six weeks from you you start writing to it's fully edited and published, or six weeks for just writing and then the editing process starts? Well, I know that I, I published the first one in April, and I published the last one in. Uh, it's got to be late June, so you know, April, May, June. That's three months um, for three for those three novels. So you know, work it out. It's it's it, it must have been yeah. you know, a month to, to six weeks to, to get those books. Everything soup to nuts. Yeah, exactly. And and uh, that was the stage I started to. Um, you know, I've got a really really amazing um, team of beta readers now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, basically, what I do is, is I, I one of the autoresponders that I send out to people who join my list is, would you like to be a part of? I call it Team Team Milton. Um, so, yeah, would you like to get the next one for free? Um, if you do, um, I'll, I'll send you it. And um, all I ask is that you, you you put up. I don't really ask anything. I don't mind if people don't follow through. But I just, all, all I ask is that you write me a, um, a review when the book's ready to go live. Um, but a lot of people are they become. I, I I always reply to every email that I get. Um, I I cherish all of my readers. I'm you know I love all of them because um, basically they give me the chance to follow the career that I've always wanted to to be able to follow. Um, and a lot of them are very very generous with their time um, and expertise and and are prepared to help me on on kind of a editorial level, so kind of a proofreading level. Um, and I've got I have professional proofreaders now as well, but sometimes things get through. Um, these guys make sure that almost nothing gets through. Uh, they'll pick up things. Um, I've got special forces soldiers, um, a CIA agent, somebody who works for the FBI. And my best one is I've got someone who is a submariner uh, for the US Navy, which is hilarious. So if I ever write a novel about, about submarines, then I'm, I'm completely sorted. So yeah, those guys um, help make the, the the novel as polished as it can be, um, and I've just got a I've got a kind of a production line now. So I I, I write it. Um, it gets proofread proofread once professionally, then it goes out to the the beta readers, comes back. Uh, I make the changes. Um, sometimes they'll be minor, sometimes they'll be major. So the the last Milton book, the ending changed after a couple of readers suggested something a bit better, and I agreed with them. Um, so. After that, it goes to another proofreader and is proofread for a second time. 
Um, in the meantime, the cover will be prepared. Um, then I send it to a formatter in Australia who formats it for me. And then uh, it's uploaded. And then I start to work on the promotion. And, and one of the other good things about these guys is um, they put the reviews up really quickly. Um, and some of them also also buy the book which is you know they've already been given a free copy and mm-hmm. because i've explained to them that if if they did buy it um and i i'd launch it 299 most of the time um i explained if, if if they do buy it then the review gets the verified tag so it gets taken a bit more seriously um and also it, that's a sale and each sale is you know is making amazon more aware that this is a book that it might need to take account of um, now, Mil- so then, Milton Five. You you, you just mm. you mentioned the reviews, and I noticed this this morning. Milton Five came out on the twenty fifth. Is that right? Monday. Yeah, Monday. Okay, today's Saturday that that we're recording this, so it's mm. uh, six six days later. You had this morning when I checked sixty one re- sixty six reviews. Yeah, sixty six. So it's that's, un- unbelievable. that's incredible. Yeah, it's unbelievable. unbelievable. That's the most. Um, that's the most effective this has ever been. And I um, think I think 62 of them were five-star and four of them were four-star. Yeah, exactly. And that, that actually has given me problems before. Um, I had one reader emailed me and said, I love this book, um, but people aren't going to take it seriously because how can you, how could you have that many reviews that quickly? And, you know, and, and, how, could you, and how could they all be so good? And I think she kind of, she, you know, she she suggested, suggested that it was it was a sock puppet, which is completely not not the case. These are these are you know all people who've read the book um, all around the world. Um, you know, doing something as stupid as that would, as that would be the end of your career. So, um, no, they're completely legitimate. But there is that that I have had to answer that question a couple of times as to how on earth did you manage to do that? And that's it. You know, I've I've got. Um, 200 people on my uh, advanced team um so you know just over a quarter of them um read and reviewed the book and, so and that's, and a, that's uh, they're all members of your email list so you you've you've compiled this list it's another one of your lists i guess so you've you've got a Noir yeah. list you've got a milton list you've got a beatrix rose list you've got a beta list no i'm more than that i've got I've got lists for every Milton book and every Rose book. Oh, so. every every individual book. Okay, every right. book. I need to know where you've come in exactly. So you okay. know, you know, if I thought you were a Milton reader, I wouldn't know where to send you next. There's five places you could go. But if I know that you've bought Saint Death, I know the best place for you to go is the Driver because that's the that's the next book. Um, and read through rates on my books are they're extremely high. People, I get emails all the time saying like, I've read everything you've written, um, and I've, I've churned through them in two weeks. That's fantastic. That's you can't get better feedback on that. Um, so yeah, the, the the other list is the kind of the team Milton list. So if, if you if you've come back and said like, I'd like to be on your um, your, your advanced team, then um, I I put those people onto a, another list and and, and we correspond um, that way. So when the book's ready, I upload the file to Mailchimp, send an email to those people and say that it's ready to be downloaded now. Sideload onto your readers and you know have at it. Let me know what you think. Um, and then, yeah, then when the book's actually gone live, I send them another email saying that the book's live now. Um, off you go. You know, if you can leave a review, that's great. If you can't, no problem. You know, I, I hope you enjoyed it. But if a quarter of them are leaving reviews, that's fantastic. And, you know, they are so, they're super generous with their, with their time. And I wouldn't be in the position I am now without them. Now, can you track uh, sales that come 
do you track sales that come from your email list? Like, is, is there a link to click when there's a new release, a, a special Amazon link that they can click yeah. on and you can tell? And, and yeah. how, what are the metrics for that? How, how, does, how does that work for you? Well, a good, t- a good you know, free tip for your listeners is if, if you've got a launch, then get an Amazon affiliate link because that's free money, basically. Um, mm-hmm. Not not talking about a huge amount of money, um, but it's it's certainly a good, very good dinner. Um, so uh, yeah, the last time the Sword of God, the the new Milton book, I I got an affiliate link for for the UK and the US, um, and the links in my email are are those affiliate links. Obviously, it doesn't you know it just says Amazon US, Amazon UK, but the 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 URL behind those will send you to the, you know the relevant page and will trigger the the affiliate. Are, are you comfortable sharing the percentage of people on your list that buy the book when you send it out? Uh, yeah, I mean, kind of uh, anecdotally. You can give me a range if you want. <laughs> I'm going to say, yeah, well, I'll give you, I'll give you the, my best guess. Uh, so I've got about 2,300 people on my list. And I don't know, I've sold... 700 copies of the new book something like that now not all of those will be off the list some of those will be people who've seen it organically through amazon mm-hmm. um but the in the uh, you know in the day after release those would have mostly been list people i'd say probably quarter okay so, so that's that's uh, say 175 people or 200 people maybe close to 10 percent of your list no, yeah. no, more about five hundred. So, okay. um, All right. I've got like a quarter of the, just oh. under a quarter, probably. Oh, wow, that's astonishing. Yeah, it's really high. I mean, my my open rates are well above the industry average, and my click rates are also well above. Um, so, yeah, I, my, I'm, I'm, I'm very keen to. I don't necessarily want people just to be on my list, just for the sake of being on my list. Um, you know, I do get amazingly I, I get fan mail now and I get people saying that you know I love your books and, and I always respond that, that's that's another really easy takeaway if you get fan mail for God's sake you have to respond to that because <laughs> that those are you know you probably you've heard this I'm sure from other guests but people say if you can get a thousand true fans who'll buy everything yes, that you, yeah. you put out that's enough to make a career one so you know anyone who takes the time and is generous enough to send me praise they're going to get a, a personal response from me that makes it clear to them that I really appreciate that the, the effort that they've gone to and you know supporting my what I'm trying to do now as, as, kind of minimum. as I mentioned I'm on your list I'm on one of your lists um, mm-hmm. at, at least one I may be on 10 of them I don't know um, <laughs> but I, I I always open the emails that I get from you do you get mm-hmm. a sense that because you send out more emails than some that uh, more emails on your list that people open them which makes it more likely that they'll see the next one um th- does that help you in terms of the the open rate conversion rate that kind of thing i think we have to qualify that so it's i i i send i mean i don't i'm not on many other lists myself so i'm on people like i'm on a few uh I, I i'm like on a lot what, yeah i like to see what people some of my competitors do so i'm, I'm a, i mean hugh harry's not a competitor he's, he's above me but you know Hugh, I'm coming after you. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, he's he's very good at this kind of stuff. So I want to see what he does. And he is very, very. He seldom emails. Um, very rare. Other people, um, you know, I've started to get interested in in some of the kind of the um, internet marketing people. So people like uh, Remit, Sethi, um, uh, who else? Pat Flynn. People mm-hmm. like that. People who you know, smart passive income guys. Um, mm-hmm. Just to see what they do, and they—they're much more. I mean, Remit Sethi, I signed up on his, to his list, and he sent me an email every day for 14 days. He absolutely drove 
he killed me. It was like, oh, stop, enough. And they all get into leeches. So that, that, for me, was just completely ineffective. And yeah, and made I, me... I think Pat Flynn is once a week. I'm on his list. And yeah, he's I, I think that's better. okay. I think once a week's okay or once a month is okay. What I, what I find yeah. as, as a reader and someone who signs up to a lot of author email lists, I find the once-a-year email, hey, I just released a book, go buy it, just a tad offensive. Yeah, it's a bit, yeah, exactly. I want something now. Go yes. and, you know, come and do my bidding. Um, so, no, that's, I, I wouldn't I ever do that. But, I mean, the thing is, I, I'm, I'm prolific. So, um, I've, I've, yeah. just in terms of, the, <laughs> just in terms sure. of product that is available, that sounds terrible, isn't it? Terribly cold. But books I've got available to sell. Um, you know, this year there've been uh, well, as we said, six or seven. Um, plus, you know, I, I like to, I like to. When I've got some news, I'll pass that on. So, um, you know, I've, I've started to get involved with audiobooks now. So, one of the things I put out recently, I've done this twice. Well, let's let's um, hold off on the audiobooks. I want to mm-hmm. finish up with one other thing, and then we'll we'll transition into the audiobooks. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want your opinion on the uh, Kindle pre-orders. Is it something that you're going to do or not do? No, definitely not. Um, okay, and why? Well, listen, I'll, I'll be prepared to be corrected on this because, I mean, in principle, it's a great idea. Um, I, and I would, I'd put it at the end of book five when, when book six is, you know, they give you it's 90 days, I think, to, to, you know, you can have a pre-order 90 days out from release. I can definitely write a novel in 90 days. So... In principle, if someone's finished book five in the you know, finished Sword of God and they don't have there's no Milton to go after that, I, it would make sense for me to have a a place that they could go and say, Yeah, I'll definitely buy the next one when it comes out so I don't lose that sale. So that's that is the, the kind of the positive thing from it. The negative, as far as I'm aware, is that when you release that book, those sales that you've accumulated over time, uh, they they don't count to your um your your day one sales. And my my um Everything that I've worked on with regards to my launch process is is designed to give a you know, as big a boost or kind of a, as big a sustained boost um, because I think it's good to, rather than have a thousand on one day, it's better to have five hundred on two days. Um, is is to ensure that you get that kind of um, sale action when the book is actually available. So those those sales that you've had on pre-order, they effectively they're lost when it comes to you know tapping Amazon on the shoulder. I could be wrong about that, but no, I'm, it's, pretty, that, that, I'm pretty sure I'm not. Yeah, you're right. You're right, and that's why I wanted your opinion because you have this down. You, you have this down to a science. And I, I spoke with someone off the air um, who sells a ton of books. And she had the opportunity several months ago to do a pre-order, or maybe it was even a year ago to do a pre-order. So she did it as an experiment before they uh, released the program to everybody. And it was a disaster for her because she sold the same number of books, but she didn't get the algorithm. So she didn't get that bump that you get with, you know, even like you said, you know, 700 books. And it it shot you up the rankings. And, you know, your current Milton book is number one in one subcategory, number two in another, number 15 in another. Um, You know, it it doesn't take 10,000 sales to to get the algorithm working for you. And if you spread out that 700 sales over two months... It's going to amount to nothing when the book is released. Yeah, absolutely. So that's it's kind of and the antithesis of, of the way that I've been working it. Um, and you know, who knows? Maybe Amazon will change it because I think it's different with Apple. So if with, with Apple they do count on the, the the day of release. So you know, if that was the case in Amazon, I'd be all over this. Yes, um, yes. 
but it's not. So I mean, personally, for me, my, my advice would be don't bother. Um, but you know, people may have there's, there's different reasons why you might work for other other writers, but not not for me. Okay, all right. Now let's let's move on to the audiobook thing because I listened to the first Beatrix Rose audiobook of yours and was blown away by it. it you found on your own an amazing narrator for this book. Yeah, and he's brilliant. So uh, walk us through that process. You decided I'm going to do an audiobook and then what? Okay, I mean, so how, how much would your listeners know about ACX? Uh, let's let's assume I, I did a show on audiobooks in general. Um, yeah, several weeks ago. So I, I think let, let's assume that they're fairly uh, okay. fluent in ACX. Okay, so uh, very very top line explanation. ACX is kind of like speed dating for um, authors on the one hand and narrators on the other hand. So um, what they'll do is if you if you've got a book that you'd like to have turned into an audio audio book, then you put the details up on ACX and authors, sorry, narrators then invited to uh, audition for it. So I started with, I think the first one I did was, it was the first Rose book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've, I've subsequently I've done the Black Mile and I'm just proofing the second Rose book now. Um, so started off, um, I got maybe two or three, um, the first day I got the first uh, audition through. And I have to say it was, he was good. Um, and the the uh, the kind of experience of listening to someone who was had an interesting voice reading my words was was kind of like wow that was amazing and I was almost almost kind of like yeah you'll do but I thought no I, you can't accept the first audition that that comes in plus if um, your book meets a few criteria um, and you can demonstrate to ACX that you've got a decent marketing plan and all that kind of good stuff. Um, then they will. Uh, it's possible to apply for what they call a, a stipend. Um, so, what that means is, if you go with their royalty share option in terms of production, so you, you, there are two ways you can get a, a book produced. You, you can either pay for outright, so that you own you uh, um, own all the rights and you earn all of the royalties. Um, so it could be expensive that way, obviously. Or well, the alternative is you can do a royalty share with the narrator, so it's fifty-fifty. That's you know, you'll share fifty-fifty percent of the of the royalties. But you can kind of sweeten that deal for the narrator by uh, applying the stipend, which I think I'm pretty sure means uh, ACX will pay a hundred dollars. I think it is um, per finished hour of audio. So for a ten-hour. Uh, audio book the narrator will get a thousand dollars and so that's that's something that i'm not familiar with so that's just something that they pay it doesn't come out of mm. your end of the royalty down the line or anything nope. it's just a bonus to, to the narrator because they think this is it's a work that uh, warrants a top-notch narrator yeah exactly they, they, they think it will sell uh, you've persuaded them that you've got a good marketing plan all, all that kind of stuff you know audible want as many good books on their platform as they can and you know they've obviously done the maths and they, they realize that you know a thousand dollars is nothing in the grand scheme of things they'll make that back um, and they're prepared to kind of advance you the money to get a really good job done so so i did that i applied the the, the stipend to both of the first uh, rose book and the black mile and I went from having like three auditions to suddenly, because it, it's marked on the, um, the fact that a stipend is available is, is obvious on the on the platform. So I went from three um, uh, auditions to 50 or 60, probably. Um, mm-hmm. And I, oh man, it was it was difficult. I, everyone, had, all those narrators had spent, you know, maybe you know, half an hour, an hour of their time 
auditioning for him, you know, you know practicing. You know, it's it's not a it's not a small thing to 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 actually do the audition. So I was you know really grateful that they've taken the time to uh, to audition for those books. Um, but I um, some some were terrible, absolutely terrible. I played a couple to my wife, and you know. God bless them. They, these guys, how they got work, I have absolutely no idea. They, it was it was entertaining, but um, most were good and some were excellent. And I, you know, I'm fairly anal about this kind of stuff, so I built myself a spreadsheet and we worked out things like, um, you know, how good is how good is the the kind of the the, the narrator's voice? Can he do accents? Um, does he have a platform himself or herself? Uh, have they sold books themselves before? All, all these kinds of things. So I, I, I kind of worked up an aggregate score, and then the guy who topped that score, um, and it was reasonably close. There's some brilliant um, guys in there. Cost is another factor, obviously, of course. The because they um, they come back and say, "This is what I'm prepared to. This is, would would be the amount that I'm prepared to work for." So you can pay from two hundred dollars per hour to one guy who was a thousand dollars per hour, and he wasn't five times better than the the other guys. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had the had that information, and then from that I picked um, I picked the the two guys that that did the work, and um, yeah, he's the the guy Mark Deakins is the narrator for the Rose books, and he's amazing, really fantastic, very professional, um, comes from a kind of a, a, a dramatic background, can do the accents, very good to work with, um, it was and it's a pleasure, absolute pleasure to listen to it. It's, it's one of the you know. You know, it's ten hours out of my day when I could be writing, and then I've got to listen to the, to, to proof the the audiobook. But it's it's not it's well, not a chore. It's it's um I, I as I said I listened to the first one, and once I start a series and I listen to and really enjoy the audiobook, then I can't read the next two books. I have to wait until the <laughs> audiobooks are, are yeah. coming out. So I'm I'm anxiously awaiting the second, and then I'll be anxiously awaiting the third because he did such a fabulous job. Now, did you yeah. pay him, or did you do the royalty split? No, the first one because I I had no idea what I was doing. So mm-hmm. the first one I I don't like um, I don't make bets when I don't have you know I'm I like, I'm a poker player so I, I I like to know what my odds are, mm-hmm. um, and I had no data at all. So I, I could have spent fifteen thousand dollars on sorry fifteen hundred dollars on that and um, and that could have been wasted because it just wouldn't sell. So I thought the the most sensible thing is to is to do the royalty share uh, with the stipend. So Mark got thousand um, dollars. And then he'll he'll get we'll share fifty fifty on on each copy of the first book that sold, but um, after that I was you know I sold a lot early on um, enough for me to think yeah this is worth this is worth me investing in the others myself. Um, so the books in the series books two and book three I'll I'll buy those outright and Mark's happy with that. Um, you know he'll get another fifteen hundred fifteen hundred dollars for each of those books. Um, but I'll get 100% of those royalties. So it sold well enough that that you are more than willing to bet on yourself on on the next two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, and it's you know he's 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 very good, and I'm I'm halfway through listening to the second one now, and it's um. Have you read the second book? You haven't. I haven't because I'm waiting for the audio book. Okay. Yeah, I mean it's it's great. I mean, there's bits. There's a bit in the first book where I, without spoiling it for people who might be tempted to buy the book or buy the audio book, there's there's a bit where. Uh, a kind of a, a, a drone gets involved during an escape. It's a great uh, so scene. It, yeah, a really great scene, and and um, and the audio, it, the very, it's, it was very exciting. And I, I remember thinking to myself as I was listening to this, the words that I'd written was I was like, I couldn't, I can't wait to, this, I want to hear all of this because I knew what happened. I wrote the damn thing, um, but it was it was very exciting. 
and there's there's a scene in the second one that's and the third one too actually um kind of you know a crescendo moments um and i'm just coming up to that now and i can't wait to hear it because because he, he did a absolutely bang up job on on you know cranking the tension up well I'll, I'll tell you when i when that scene started i was at the end of my run and i wound up mm. running about an extra mile and a half <laughs> because Brilliant. I just kept going straight away until the scene ended, and then I turned around. It's like, oh gosh, now I've got to get back home. That's good. But, no, that's good. That's really good for both good of us. Yeah. So, so you're you're slightly fitter, and um, you know, and and I'm pleased that you're you, you've had a good time. So everyone wins there. Now with the ACX, they set the price, don't they? They do. Yeah, I've got no, which is makes me uncomfortable because it kind of cuts away lots of the things I'm able to do to promote the books. So I, I have no control over that. Do you have the ability to do any packaging? Like, can you package the audiobook with uh, uh, the WhisperSync, for example? Is that something that you can click a box and say, yeah, we've got no, WhisperSync on this one? Unfortunately, I mean, WhisperSync is, is controversial at the moment. I, you know, I am a bit of a novice with audiobooks. I'm learning all the time on this. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah, WhisperSync is a funny thing. So if you've bought the audio, if you if you bought the uh, the ebook. WhisperSync basically means for another two or three dollars you can have the audiobook. Now that's cool, but um, the audiobook cost me yes, you know, two, let's say two thousand dollars to produce. Now if if I if it's it's being so, let's say Audible sell the audiobook for twenty bucks and uh, the the royalties are it's like forty percent. That's what I'll give you. Um, now I'm going to pay off that t- that that investment much quicker at forty percent of twenty bucks as opposed to two or three bucks. It's, it's not even close, and it's not, I have no choice about that. That's something that um, Audible and Amazon are entitled to do. It's great for the reader. Um, so, you know, in some senses, I'm you know, it's, I'm okay with it because I want readers to have the best experience that they, that they can get. But it does make it, it does mean that it's going to take me an awfully lot longer to to pay that investment back. So, in let's let's say a couple years, you've you've written a bunch of books, uh, mm. multiple series. Uh, and you've developed this really productive launch strategy. Now you're getting into audiobooks. Things are going pretty well for you. Yeah, I'm very, very lucky. I mean, in, in, you know, as I said at the start of the interview, I, I'm full time right, working at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, a job that I really like. Um, yeah, you're in the film business, right? You're in the film. Yeah, business. yeah, yeah. I've got a job I love. I used to. I'm a lawyer by trade. Um, hated that. Um, and going, you know, going to the, I've been in the same job for ten years, and I really like it. So, which is 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 something I'm grateful for because most people, you know, my my litmus test always was, you know, Sunday night. Am I pleased that it's Monday tomorrow? or Am I not pleased? And I'm always pleased because I like doing what I do. But the fact is, I love writing. I don't, you know, I like my job. I love writing. Um, so, from next year, um, I'm going part time. So I'll be working two days a week um, in London. And, and writing three days a week, staying in in Salisbury where I am now. Um, to be honest, I could probably I could probably say, look, you know, screw this. I'm gonna I'm gonna write full time now uh, for the rest of the you know, for the rest of the year and see where we go. But I'm you know as we also said earlier, I've got a young family, so it's not something that I'm I'm not going to gamble too much on on that kind of stuff. So the transition is going to be a little bit more uh, uh, slower, perhaps, to, from from going from what I do now to what I want to do. But you know, come on, th- three days a week writing. I'm going to be. It's going to be a, a lot more time to do what I you know I want to do. So I think my production will will tick up, and then maybe by June or July I'll go I'll go full time writing. So the the Beatrix Rose series was a trilogy. All three books have been written. 
Uh, what, yeah. what do you have next? You've got the Milton series. Are, are you still writing the, uh, the noir series? You know, I, I would like to, um, and I, I get readers reasonably often because the, the, the second one ends on a bit of an open loop, um, and I'd love to get back to that. But the market is the market, and the market says to me, Milton sells big time. Um, right, these and, thrillers, yeah. Yeah, and Beatrice Rose has sold big time. So if I've got more time, then maybe I'll be able, I'll, I'll be able to do some things you know, I have a bit more capacity to do other things, but no. The the, the next book is uh, is Milton Six, which will be called something like Salvation Row, and is set during, well, set during and after Katrina in New Orleans, a town I'm quite familiar with. Um, so I'm looking forward to starting that, which I'm I'm starting that on Friday, and then the book after that is, again, I get a lot of. If you look at the uh, the reviews for the Rose books, and if you looked at my emails, then you'd see. Um, a lot of comments from readers saying that I, you have to tell me more about this story. It hasn't finished yet, and I won't tell you what happens at the end of, of the trilogy. But it's 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 an ending in one sense that you'll probably be able to guess. But that there are ways that I could spin it out in different directions, mm-hmm. and I've got a very 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 good idea for um, what would be the start of a, a, a new series. Yeah, involving I, I a, can a new sort character. of imagine what that might be. <laughs> yeah, it's probably it's pretty obvious, I think. But it's um, I've got a. It could be that, that that book might be a kind of a slight mixing of my of my two main series. I think Milton might appear in it, um, but it would he wouldn't be the main character. And and then once he's finished with that book, then it would spin off into a different direction. But yeah, I've got a really strong idea um, about that, which I'm kind of starting to research both of those two new books at the moment, which I'm ready to start writing at least the next Milton one on Friday. Okay, so we've talked about your email list. We've talked about your website. How do people sign up for your email list? It's it's the way I did it was go to your website and uh, scroll down to the bottom and sign up. Yeah, that's the best way. Although I mean I, I, that site is, as I said before, is being developed because I don't think another bit of free advice in my in my opinion, burying your your sign up um, form right at the bottom of your website is not a good idea. It should be right at the top. Mm-hmm. Very obvious. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, at the moment if you scroll down, you go to markjdawson.com and go down to the bottom. Uh, on the right hand side you'll see a sign up form um, but soon it will be on the front page um, so that's a good place uh, you can go to my Amazon pages and it will be pretty obvious where you go from there, from there or you know if you want if you want to read one of the books then you know go ahead buy a Rose book or a Milton book and um, one of the things I'm, I'm changing right now is uh, the the sign up will be on the front before the, the the novel starts, or at least a hint of it, and then at the end. So the front will say if you want uh, um, some free stuff, some free novels, because I give away more than one now. Um, then you should go to the, uh, the sign up details at the end of the book. So I don't want people to um, just kind of go on to look inside and and find the, the URL they need and just use that. Um, I want them to buy the book. That's you know, only two ninety nine. Then go to the end once they've read it, and you know I want qualified readers. I don't necessarily want people who just want free stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's much better to have readers who are engaged with you and love love what you do and all that kind of. And if people stuff, so. really like crime fiction and haven't read your books, I think I saw today that you've got one box set with the first Milton and the first Beatrix Rose. And the first Soho Noir, yeah. That's, yes, yes, uh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's that. Do you know that that is not selling? That's weird. Very weird. I've I sold one copy in the states this month. This is nuts. I, <laughs> okay, let's go. Let's get that up to two. <laughs> yeah, I cannot understand why that is because it's a great deal. It's it's like I think five bucks or six bucks for 
for Milton one, Rose one, and Black Mile. Um, or you can also so, buy a box set of the first three Miltons, and you can buy the entire trilogy of. Uh, you, you've exactly. got every every possible form of packaging available out there, as well as an audio book that I can attest to is really good for Beatrix Rose, and and there's another one coming out. Yeah, it'll be coming out in a couple of weeks, I think. Yeah. Big thanks to Mark, and I hope everyone enjoyed that interview as much as I did. Uh, Mark was a fascinating guest, and he writes some really great crime fiction, so I hope you'll check him out. And again, you can find everything that we talked about during the interview at theauthorbiz.com slash session 10. If you enjoyed the interview, I hope you'll go to iTunes and write a review for us. Let us know that you liked it and help other people to find the show. Thanks for listening today. I hope you found it helpful. If you'd like to find out more about the podcast, including past episodes, you can visit the website at www.theauthorbiz.com. You can also subscribe to the podcast at iTunes. If you have comments or suggestions for the show, you can leave them at the site or you can ping me on Twitter. I'm at Steve Campbell FL. Please join us again next week for another informative episode. 